0: Running down dogma with his karma. This is the Drew Marshall
1: Show.
2: Let your booty do that yoga. body at the beach, down in Kobaga Ped, I'm sipping gillafish, got my black yoga pants. <laughs> Where
1: did you find that song? <laughs>
2: Oh I looked goodness. it up. I looked for yoga songs, and all of them were kind of like the the, the yom kind of you're doing the yoga. Right. But this one was like a hip hop kind of thing by Janelle Monae. That's pretty funny. Fairly well known, but pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's all about. She's talking about you know, up downward dog and legs in the air, and it's just hilarious. Well done, Tim. Thank you, sir. Brownie
1: points for you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Folks, you are listening to the Drew Marshall Show. It's been a very full show so far, going along swimmingly well. I would say. What do you I think, have,
2: Timmy? I have an interesting segue with regards to savers and yogis. Okay. Mark Hamill yeah. is now the age that Alec Guinness was when he played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars. Really? Yes. That blew my mind. What's that have to do with? Because they're both kind of like messiah, yogis. You just wanted to say that. I That's did. That's it.
1: You, there, you tried but for I hate, segue I, and failed.
2: You were interested, though. I saw it in your eyes. <laughs>
1: Deborah Adele. She's the author of The Yamas and Niyamas, Exploring Yoga's Ethical Practice. The first two limbs of the Eightfold Path of Yoga Sutras, the basic text for classical yoga, are examined in this spiritual guide to the practice of yoga. Foundational to all yogic thought, they are considered to be the guidelines to the yoga way of living that free individuals... Uh, to take ownership of their lives, direct them toward the fulfillment they seek, and gain the skills to choose attitude, thought, and action. There you go. Live from somewhere in the United States of America, Deborah Adele joins us. Hello, Deborah. Thank you so much for your time. What, what did we take you away from? What's your day all about today?
3: I have been out walking. The day is glorious.
1: The day is glorious. It
3: is. One of those beautiful Indian summers.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. What kind of a yoga person are you? For our listeners who may not be into the whole yoga thing, they want to know if, you know, do you have crystals and incense and and, uh, man buns? No, that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean.
3: (laughs) I do know what you mean. I am mostly interested in the philosophy of yoga uh, because I think that philosophy and practice have to go together. And if we just try to do the practice, which, as we usually think of yoga as on our mats doing these fancy or not-so-fancy movements, uh, we need to know why we're doing them, what's guiding that. And philosophy does that as a conversation between the two. And I'm very interested in the philosophy part of that conversation. And it's, no, I do not demand buns no. Or a woman. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right.
1: The website is DeborahAdel.com, D-E-B-O-R-A-H-A-D-E-L-E.com. You know, these words are very foreign to most people, the yamas and niyamas. How do you explain? I mean, you've done this a million times. So what is the, the best way to get that through to our heads, into our heads? What are these things?
3: They're yoga ethics. And the yamas really literally means restraints. And the niyamas mean observances. And there are five of each. And I I like to talk about them or think about them in terms of these restraints being just this step, uh, this initial step in thinking about our relations because ethics is always about relations. So I'm going to think about how I'm relating to myself towards everything else, and it's it kind of tickles me that what we're being told is kind of just don't make things worse than they are. Like you don't have to go be uh, Mother Teresa or Gandhi, just stop making them more. It's like, put a restraint around yourself. So we start paying attention to how we stand in the post, a long line in the post office or whatever. And the niyam is um, observances. I think that is sort of a graduation. Um, but I think about them as learning to love broccoli, which is a little bit of a strange thing to say.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah.
3: I, I, mean, I think when we start paying attention to ourselves, we kind of love chaos. Uh, we kind of are kind of glued to disturbance and things that stimulate us and kind of like candy bars. And when we go to nourish our bodies differently, we start thinking about vegetables. And so, what we're what we're looking at, I think, ultimately, is this training of our minds and leading ourselves off of off of disturbance and chaos and scatteredness and cloudiness, and moving into this place of of nourishing the mind with these finer things like contentment and self study, uh, surrender.
1: Okay, uh, so I uh, first of all, you know, whenever we talk about a book on air. It's my job to try to make this, I guess, bite-sized and palatable and something, you know, something that our listeners can kind of grab onto. And so I just want to read through the chapter titles here, and I'm going to mispronounce the. No, wait. No, I am going to mispronounce. I'm going to mispronounce the uh, Sanskrit names. Okay. And you'll correct me, and then I'll tell them what that means. So Ahimsa?
3: Yes. Oh,
1: did I say it right, by the way?
3: Did.
1: I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Ahimsa is and now this is the practice of non-violence. Is that right? Yes
3: Yes, it is.
1: Okay. Next one Satya and that is the practice of truthfulness Yes Asteya Yes, is the practice of non-stealing. Oh, this one's gonna be hard (laughs) Brahmacharya Yes Um, non-excess Aparagra Aparagraha. Oh, Aparagraha. Oh, wait, I knew that one. Aparagraha. That's a non-possessiveness. Yes. So those are the yamas. Did I get that right?
3: Yes, those are the the yamas, yes.
1: Okay. Now we're into the niyamas. Uh Uh-huh. Is it socha or socha? Uh, Saucha. Okay, and that is purity. The next one is santosha, which is contentment. Santosha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then tapas. Which are delightful yeah. with wine, um, and this yes. is this is this is self-discipline—the opposite of wine. And now here we have one called Sf- Oh man, hold on! I'm going to do this. Okay. Svadhyaya. Svadhyaya. Yeah. Very good. Svadhyaya. Svad. So sw- sweaty um, <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> Which is what you
1: get from wearing yoga pants. Yes. get Some, <laughs> some sweaty yayas. Uh, self-study. Uh, and then Ishvara Prani, prani Oh, okay. okay I, can't, I can't even do this one.
3: Ishvara Pranidana.
1: Ishvara Pranidana, and that's surrender. Yes. So these are the niyamas. So the yamas are nonviolence, truthfulness, non-stealing, non-excess, non-possessiveness. How yes. Jesus-y is that? I was just going to say exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you it, all
3: the ethical systems are really saying the same thing. Yeah. It's like how. How do we have relationships that, I mean, we have to, we're we on this earth and we have to share the goods. We have to kind of figure out how to do this together. And so how do we have relationships that create more harmony and where more and more of us can flourish? Right. And I know we do a better job than we are right now. I, I know that in my heart.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the Niyamas, purity, contentment, self-discipline, yeah. self-study. And surrender. Again, this is all stuff that can easily be... You Judeo-Christian. Could be Judeo-Christian, yeah. But we're talking about some commonalities in mm-hmm. most tribal codes, especially ones that have a monotheistic belief system that I've become aware of. Um, yes. I mean, who, who came up with this stuff? Who wrote these things the first time?
3: Well, we attribute it to a, a man called Patanjali. But they were, I think they were around in yogic thought. So we, there isn't any one person that we can point to that's the, you know, author of yoga. Uh, and that's why it's considered a philosophy rather than a religion, because religions always have one person to point to. Mm-hmm. And philosophy comes out of the context of practicing yogis who got together and talked about them. And so, but we give it, we... The, these were found at the time that Patanjali wrote them down, codified them, so to speak. That they were actually the the great noble truths, or the great vows, or the universal vows. And it was thought that you really couldn't practice yoga unless you were engaged in this in an ethical system and really um, trying to live in a way that is pro harmony uh, for everything,
1: right. everyone. Right. Okay, so here's the thing. When I think about the yoga crowd and the yoga scene, shouldn't all yoga people be practicing this stuff because it's just part of being into the yoga tribe? Isn't this just sort of a natural byproduct of being a a yoga person?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely, and yes, we all should. And I think that was the big um, initial reason for writing the book was to ask this question of why aren't we? Why are there so many books on asana and about alignment and sequencing and et cetera, et cetera, which are great. I'm glad those are out there. But why so little on the yamas and niyamas on this ethical thing? So yoga actually has eight integrative parts to it. It's an integrative system. And two of those are the yamas and the niyamas. So ethics makes up one-fourth of the yoga integrative system. So that's been my burning question. Why aren't we spending more attention on these and talking about them more? It's like we should have all of these yamas and yamas classes as well as asana classes and meditation classes because they're all critical pieces of the wholeness of yoga the whole practice of yoga.
1: Thank you again for joining us. You know what I want to talk about is when it comes to all sort of codes, I guess, ethical Mm -hmm. codes, moral codes, you can get legalistic about things. So, for example, you know, I don't know if if part of the uh, Yamas and Yamas says, don't kill mosquitoes, but I'm I'm telling you, that's not going to happen with me. And so does that mean I fail at the Yamas and Yamas stuff if I'm going to kill a mosquito?
0: (laughs) I'm going to tell you what I tell people when they ask me that in class. I'm going to say that's a great question. Keep asking it. And I think that's the whole point of a (laughs) of a moral system, of an ethical system, is having the conversation with what it means to be nonviolent with a mosquito, what it means to be nonviolent in all your relationships. And it's contextual, and it's a continued conversation, and that's what makes us smarter. That's what allows us to actually discover things that we didn't know. So keep asking that question. It's a great question, really.
2: Well, mosquitoes also kind of make that ohm sound when they're flying around anyways.
0: They do. They're, they're pretty holy. But you know what the Dalai Lama says about that? One mosquito, no problem. More mosquitoes, bigger problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very, very true. Very true. Yeah,
0: yeah It's a great answer.
1: <laughs> what do you say to the person who wants to own a yoga studio? And um, the way they're going to get the yoga studio is by kicking out the previous yoga owner and taking over the business. What do you say to that person? I just happen to know of a scenario where something like that is similarly going down. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm reading about truthfulness. I'm reading about non-stealing and, and non-possessiveness and purity and contentment and self-discipline and all these things. And I just think, how can a yoga studio survive if that's the, the <laughs> origin of, of things for them? You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm getting judgmental now. That's the other thing I need help with, you know, when it comes <laughs> to... Well no, when it comes to all this stuff and then people, you know, saying they're part of a tribe, it's like Christians going around Oh, I know. You know, rich filthy rich Christians hogging billions yeah. of dollars for themselves. Yeah. It's like that final scene in um Schindler's list where he says he takes off his ring and he says, I could have saved three more people or one more person with this or whatever it is. Anyway, <laughs> I'm on a rant.
2: Perfect your downward dog You're for only right? nine ninety nine.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I I totally agree with you. Yes. But and I think we we do use them to um, excuse ourselves um, to make ourselves um, I mean, we lie to ourselves a lot to say it's okay in this situation. and And then we use it to we use a moral cult to beat other people over the head. I mean, it's it's really not what the system is for. It's really for looking at ourselves, looking at the depths of ourselves and what sits in there. And I think that begins to move us from excuses, from uh, what I call the good apple basket, and realizing we're all in this kind of one basket where we were seeing other people as bad apples. And then we start to ask these things that grow us into the answers that you are asking right now. And it's so contextual for the time. I mean, I'm thinking of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, because he was a, a theologian, he was a young theologian in Germany and he was well thought of by his peers and elders. And he was a strong pacifist, and he was, I mean, he had written things on pacifism. And then Hitler came to power, and he ended up being part of an assassination attempt on Hitler, which failed, and he was jailed and tortured and hung. But the point, I think that's important in the questions you're asking is that he had a conversation with what nonviolence means now in this situation uh, with Hitler and the atrocities that he's doing, and his conversation led him to attempt an assassination. Uh, And that's powerful to me. I don't want to go around answering other people's um, questions because the questions lead us to... These deeper things that we didn't know and that's what grows us that's what transforms us that's what makes us more I think humble and compassionate instead of arrogant and self-righteous um, I mean it's a, it's a beautiful process
1: I want to read to you an endorsement from the front. Oh, I don't want to read to you. You already know this, but to our listeners. <laughs> uh, after reading yamas and yamas, exploring yoga's ethical practice, I wanted to return all my other books to the shelf and just practice these teachings. The insights that Deborah Adele draws from yoga's ethical guidelines have helped me to better understand my Christian faith. Mm. I'm buying a copy of this book for each and every member of my prayer groups. This is by Reverend Douglas Dirks in Abilene, Texas. I'm telling you, if you got a reverend from Texas endorsing <laughs> your book, then you do, you're doing something right. Um, and so this book is called The Yamas and Niyamas, Nonviolence, Truthfulness, Non-Stealing, non excess, Non-Possessiveness, uh, Purity, Contentment, Self-Discipline, Self-Study, and Surrender. You know, there's a bunch of things not to do, and there's a bunch of things to do. But it's more it's not as black and white as that. This is really all about exploring yoga's ethical practice. It's by Deborah Adele, and I've got a bunch of copies of this book that I want to give away to our listeners. So all you need to do is go to DrewMarshall.ca, DrewMarshall.ca, send us your mailing address. And uh, we will send you out one of these books. Unfortunately, you got, well, not unfortunately, good for us Canadians. Basically, what we're saying is we're cheap. We're not going to send you this book if you're from the States. <laughs> um, we're going to send this to you if you're Canadian. If you're from the States, go buy it, uh, you know, Amazon or where else would they go, uh, Deborah? I guess Amazon's probably the best spot. yeah? Yeah,
0: any bookstore, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the best buy,
1: yes. It's been out for a while now, hasn't it?
0: Yes, yes, it has.
2: Sounds like Texas has its all,
1: all its own copies, anyways. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, it's been out since two thousand and nine. Is that right, Deborah? Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. Good yeah. for you.
1: Good for I Can I yeah. apologize for taking so long to finding out about you?
0: Um. I don't even know what to say about that. I'm just so
1: sorry, because this is great. And I love, look, I'm not, I don't have the time or the, I just have way too many learning disabilities to pour through. Uh, For example, a friend of mine wrote a masterpiece on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. His name is Eric Metaxas. Oh, nice. And it's just a massive masterpiece on on, uh, Bonhoeffer. But there's no way I'm reading that thing, man. None of pictures. I barely got through Sting's biography, you know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Anyway, okay. So what is next for you, Deborah? Are you coming out with anything else or are you just resting in what you are?
0: I am in the process of writing right now. Okay. Yes.
1: Do you want to tell us? Uh-huh. Do you want to do you want to sneak us a little peek?
0: Um, well, I think books always for me. And again, I'm not really I don't consider myself a writer because that's the only thing I've ever written. Um, but it always they always come out of a question and then a, a my own conversation with with yoga philosophy. And I think right now what's framing it, and this is not going to be the title of the book or probably anywhere in the book, but it's kind of the sense I'm looking out, the, out at the world and going, what's wrong with this? So I hear myself every time I'm listening to some something new on the news, it's, I'm thinking, what's wrong with this? So I'm um, I'm in pursuit and conversation of answering that question for myself in terms of, Yoga philosophy.
1: Excellent. I also want to just point out that this book is—I don't know what the, what the fancy word is—but basically, it's a—it's—it's um, it's like a chapter a month. Because part of reading this book is actually practicing each chapter during a month. Did I get that right? Yes.
0: Absolutely. Yes. It's because it starts that conversation. So yes.
1: Is that called being prescriptive? No. What is that? It's it's (laughs) instructional? I don't know. Basically, it's a, you know, when I was, I don't want to tell anybody this, but I'll just let you know this, Deborah, just between you and I. (laughs) I used to be a pastor and I remember teaching at the church, teaching and preaching and all that stuff. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm coming back with something new every week. If I just stayed on the same thing, on one thing, for example, loving those that are hard to love. I could stay in that for a year, and we would still all struggle with it. Absolutely. So I found it disturbing that I kind of I felt I had to keep going and changing and giving something new, something new each week. And meanwhile, they just heard whatever I said last week, and it drifted in one ear and out the other. And we, did we really sit down, and, including myself, did we sit down and try to practice what we just learned? And so that's I, why I love this about your book. Well done as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, again, numerous copies to give away here on The Drew Marshall Show. Go to drewmarshall.ca and uh, send us your name and, and address here in Canada, and we will send you a copy of The Yamas and Niyamas, Exploring Yoga's Ethical Practice by Deborah Adele. Deborah, you have a very, very sweet nature about you. And I, for me, I would expect nothing less
2: of someone who wrote this book. Based on all those chapter titles.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck practicing the stuff you wrote in your book, and I mean that sincerely. Thank you, Deborah.
0: Thank you so much, Drew.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.
0: You too. Bye.